on the 162nd episode of the Fantasy Lens Podcast, we are now only one week away from the start of the 2020 NFL season, and our confidence levels are at an all-time high. Fantasy drafts are kicking into high gear, and we're here to talk about some players who are rising and falling on those draft boards. We'll also discuss the impact of the Lens Fournette heading to Tampa. Let's start the show. Welcome to Fantasy Lens, and we have some breaking news, breaking it on the pod, nowhere else first. Leonard Fournette is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, so goodbye all that Ronald Jones stock, goodbye whatever little Keyshawn Vaughn stock was there. I mean, and when you listen to this in two days, uh, it, it will not be breaking news. <laughs> well, that, that was kind of a joke about breaking news on a podcast, but... A uh, quick turnaround for Fournette gets released from going to be one of the worst teams in the league to probably a top 10 team in the league. Better situation for him. I don't know. Like, I mean, does his like, – I had a draft last night. He got drafted in the 10th or 11th round, I think. So the person that picked him has got to be pretty happy. And the person that picked Ronald Jones in like the 7th round or 6th round – that would be pretty disappointing. It's a pretty uh, high round to pick Ronald Jones. I forgot exactly what it was. But, um, no, I mean, I don't know if this changes too much for Fordette because he goes from a team where he's guaranteed to just, like, get an insane amount of touches mm-hmm. to a team where he's going to get more touchdowns, but probably not near the same share of the offense. So I'm not even sure I move him up for this trade. There are a lot of mouths to feed in um in Tampa Bay. And uh you're right. I mean it may have been a worse offense in Jacksonville. But yeah, he was the clear cut number one. Gonna see pretty much most of the uh the snaps. I mean Chris Thompson probably would have taken away some receiving uh, you know, yards or catches or whatever, but he would have been that entire most of that offense. And now he goes to a team where they have two top wide receivers. They've got uh, you know, tight ends galore. And now you have you still have Ronald Jones, who was looking pretty good, you know, last season, and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who they drafted. So I mean, who knows? Yeah, I don't think Ronald Jones is out of the game plan because of this. And then over in Jacksonville, there wasn't a Ronald Jones. Yeah, so, I mean... Like, there's... The backup in Jacksonville was... Whatever his name was, who's not even really even getting drafted now that he's a starter. Well, I mean, look, I I had a guy in the league last night where I drafted, got, yeah, Fournette in, like... I think it was the sixth round, so it's good value for for that. I mean, anyone who got him in the first round or second round—I well, don't really—I guess, yeah, second round more, more, more likely before he got uh, waived by the Jaguars. That hurts, but I mean, you're at least thankful that he's not just sitting around in free agency, not on a team. So at least he's going to, you know, do yeah, something. Yeah. You should know not to draft for net in the first couple of rounds if you, if you listen to us. 
Well, look, we, we, yeah, I mean, that's, I was, there was no way I was ever drafting Fournette this, this year. He would have had to drop really, really far. Probably the sixth round while he was on the Jaguars for me to take Fournette. He was a, for me, he was a fourth round player. Um, and I kind of keep him there. I just, I don't like what I've seen from him in his entire career. I mean, he was very touchdown dependent in his first season and he doesn't really have the yards per carry. So it's just volume. It's, and if he, you know, and maybe on the bucks, he won't get the volume and who knows that might, that might go back down, you know, that might hurt him. And if he doesn't get him, he's Melvin Gordon without a pass catching ability. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like he catches a lot of passes, but that's if they're like just straight dump offs or it's not like reps or anything. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't get the yardage from it. So, you know, whatever. I, I'm not I, even. I think the Bucks have too many running backs, too many tight ends for me to feel super excited about any of them, even Gronk. Nah, I'm still excited. I'm still excited about him. Uh, but there are a lot, a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. So, someone's gonna someone's gonna suffer somewhere. So. Yeah. Well, if we want to get a good calculation of where he was at before getting let go by the Jaguars and then going to the Bucks. He had an average ADP of around um, seventh or eighth pick in the third round. Oh, wow. So it, was, it was still pretty damn low. Um, yeah, yeah, third round. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's fair of where he was. I mean... I mean, what, I guess that's probably still around where you might draft him. Like I said, like I wouldn't, I I would search for someone else around that, you know, area. Um, but for you, like you said, fourth round for you, Brian. He's probably a fifth for me. I just don't, and he'll never go to the fifth now. Like now that he's in the Bucks, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, he's with Brady and blah blah blah. He's going to he's going to he's going to move up in people's draft boards. I have a feeling. I mean, that's silly yeah. to think. That's silly to think, oh, it's just because he's with Brady, he's going to shoot up. Yeah, of course, but that's what people think. I mean, look, they, you know, it's Brady, it's Arians, it's... Uh, yeah, but is, there, is he really an Arians kind of running back? I don't think that's what people are thinking. I just think they, they see the name and they're like, oh, let me associate this with good. Well, and it's better than... It's better than... Well, yeah, again, but touchdowns will be one good thing. Um, that he will, yeah. like he had 1,152 yards last year, uh, rushing. He's probably going to come down from that, but he only had three touchdowns. How many, uh, how many carries did he have? That's the real question. 265. 265. What does that average out to? Like what? Like 4.1? 4. 4. Weird. Is it 4.1? 15 games. 15, he played 15 games. Wow. Um, Didn't he get thrown out of one? Or is that like two years ago? Wow, it is. It's 4.17. Nailed it. Good math by us. Nailed it. Um, I don't remember if he got thrown out or not. I can't. I don't know. Didn't didn't he have one carry and then left the game because he was injured? That 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 I forget. That could be any of his three seasons. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um,. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much with Fournette. I mean, look, we'll take. I mean, we'll take. We'll so, take. Yeah, 
He comes. He comes from. He goes down, probably from eighteen carries to twelve, but up from three touchdowns to ten or something. So I mean, he, he probably has a similar year of last year. I think he's a fourth round player. I, I'm I'm okay with him in the fourth. I can't. I mean, I can't argue that. Really, can the, the splitting hair splitting hairs at this point? So, but. all right. So let's move on to some news that had Anthony real worried for about three hours yesterday before it all kind of calmed down as quick as it popped up. Kamara went from holding out to demanding a trade to working out a new contract extension within like the hours of 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. But they didn't work out an extension yet. They're still working on it. I said, but no, but talking to Uh, like work out a contract extension. And he practiced on Wednesday. And and there were reports saying that uh, the Saints were demanding a first round pick for him. Like, look, I get it. I understand because we've talked about it on the on the on this podcast before that you don't break the bank for running backs. Um, in this, in where we are in the NFL at this point, you don't like it's that's not the money you need to be spending, and especially with a salary cap that may may well drop significantly next year. Yeah, and the Saints already have to pay players like Lattimore, Ramchick, and. Demario Davis. It's like I can understand why you know this could be an issue. So all right, yeah, but you don't do it on Breeze's last year. You give you give him. You you have to just keep him happy for at least this year. I get it, but you got to make sure you don't cripple yourself for years to come post Breeze. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know the Saints will come up with some weird cap magic that like you know doesn't really make sense, but then it's somehow legal and. They'll they'll have cap space somehow. I mean, I do love how that happens. Don't get me wrong, but this might be like the next couple of years to test the Saints' cap magic if the cap doesn't go up with lost revenue from stadiums, and this like, might be the year it all the the house of cards comes crumbling down. <laughs> it might. It actually. But then they'll might. just get Brady. I mean, Breeze off the books and be fine. They'll look. They'll figure it out. I'm, I'm, I have. I have. All the faith in the world in Mickey Loomis, so I don't worry about that. One of the best, one of the best GMs, you know, when in terms of finding money where there's no money, right? Um, yeah. So like, look, it's currently he's still on the Saints. He's gonna practice. So we'll see is how he, it goes. But. Okay. Is he going to be happy? Is he going to play the entire season, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, based on some of the quotes he said, he doesn't seem like one of those guys who's, like, real bitter. So, but again, it could be a front. But from, yeah. at least from face value, that's what it looks like. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not going to get Christian McCaffrey money, which is what he originally wanted with with the Saints when they have one of the best, you know, wide receivers in the game. Whereas Christian McCaffrey is everything for the Panthers. Yeah, and I mean, look, and Christian McCaffrey has, I mean, absolutely produced in a way that like no one else has been. Kamara had a mediocre season, right? Like, so yeah. you can't be expecting to get paid tons of money when you haven't done done it consistently the way McCaffrey's been doing it. So. You know, it's all what have you done for me lately, and 
Kamara was sort of down. I mean, it could have been injury. It could have been a lot of things. You know, they say injury. But either way, I mean, whatever happens, happens. That's all I'm saying. I'm okay with it either way. People, were, I remember back when Jimmy Graham got traded. Um, people all thought I was going to be really annoyed and pissed. And I'm like, no, that's probably the best move. We got one of the, the best centers in the league. And immediately, well, yeah, and immediately but... Jimmy Graham just pretty much faded away. So, you know. Yeah, but that also was, like, not reasons last year after, like, five years of heartbreaking losses in the playoffs every year. No, I get it. Trying to win a Super Bowl. I, I absolutely I get it, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm going to roll with the punches either way. So, it's going to, you know, it's how it is. Um, so, yeah. Also, for the salary cap, like, NFL has gone through like, has had record-breaking profits year after year for the past, like, decade, pretty much. Like, if there was a couple of years of a little bit lower profits because of a global pandemic, you would think, you know what, we're just going to keep the salary cap just a little bit higher. Like, we're not going to raise it, like, the 3% that it usually goes. We'll just raise it, like... Half percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't get like the the. That's I a, mean, it's the a real share big drop. of the revenue, though. So that's not reality. It's just a really big drop. Like, I think it's like it's gonna be like a hundred and seventy-five million, and like it's over two hundred million now. Like, that's a big drop for for teams trying to figure out how to roster fifty-two people. Yeah. Well, good thing for the. Well, they call a foul on that. No oh, way. John, relax. What? Are you just, Sorry, by the way, John's uh, watching the Milwaukee Bucks versus Miami Heat game, I'm assuming, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. All right. Um, all right. So you just want to go on to the reason why we're here tonight for the our risers and fallers throughout the uh, this weird preseason with no preseason games that we're going through? Preseason with no preseason. Yep. Well, pre- with no preseason games. Um, all right, so I put uh, a few of mine I tied, like, you know, guys with each other, where one guy is kind of taking the lead out of uh, reports, out of training camp, and then uh, other one. Uh, here we go. Well, it's not even that. But then, well, I mean, you kind of have to. But then also. Uh, no, couple, I like it. I've been waiting for yeah. life. And then a couple others are just uh, after the couple of drafts that I've done. And, um, like, where guys are getting drafted versus where their preseason ADP was versus where we had them ranked and everything. So, uh, my first one is uh, two, two running backs that are tied together. Cam Akers is definitely on the rise versus Daryl Henderson's definitely falling in drafts uh, because he has a hamstring injury and Cam Akers is getting majority of the run so far. I think Cam Akers is kind of a the much safer pick when it comes to that backfield uh, triumvirate. I mean, safer is in he's going to get the, the early the early chance to show off what he has. Yeah, I think yeah, of course. He's I'd, also, I mean, like a fairly high, like higher higher ranked or highly higher drafted rookie running back where you're going to want to use that guy as much as possible. I mean, yeah, from. What if I had to obviously if I had to pick between the two and even a healthy uh, Henderson, like I would still go with Acres. Yeah, I'm, well, for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure Acres is gonna be a three-down back, no matter how good he looks. But um, 
I, I'm just hoping he gets like five to seven targets a game and mix that with ten carries, ten to twelve carries. Like that would be a perfect season for Cam Akers. Five to seven targets, ten to twelve carries. Um, then I mean, you have yourself a really solid RB two. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, yeah, for rookie running back, that'd be a solid season. In especially where he's being drafted at right now, that's. Oh, got it. Uh, that that would be. Uh... Can't help you, sorry, start, John. Sorry. Well, it's just it's just, you know, good game. Um, that would just be great for where people are drafting him right now. I mean, he's getting drafted pretty high, to be honest. So, hopefully, he does something because. Um, I got him in the fifth or s- sixth round in your league. I think last t- last night he went, I think, in the fourth or fifth. But that sort of brings me to what I was going to say. So this wasn't a person that I'm – this isn't like a person I'm moving up or falling or, or falling on, like, you know, the way I see it. But um, – this is like a group of risers, and it's basically the top running backs. And they're rising because it's beyond these top running backs, there's so much unknown. And people, I think, are getting nervous. In the, the first two drafts that I've done, I looked back, and in, in the first round, 11 running backs were taken on each of those in, in that first round. Only Michael Thomas is taken. So running backs are going really high and then i noticed that rookies like jonathan taylor uh uh cam Akers, and deandre swift are going in the fourth fifth and sixth rounds like guys no proven like no proof like no one nothing has been proven like who knows maybe no proven proven. but like they're not even guaranteed full workloads you know like we don't know what that's going to be like hilaire we know is going to be getting the 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 bulk of the carries and a lot of you know receptions out of the backfield because his main uh, competition is gone. So, like, these other guys, who knows? And they're still going so early. It's like running backs are just – people are nervous. After those top guys go, they're just trying to get whoever they can. So all those running backs are just moving up the draft boards like crazy. So it's just just, just uh, you know something I've noticed in the first two live drafts I've done, or, you know, real drafts and a bunch of mocks that I've been doing, that running backs like that are just – going quick it's crazy i kind of like it because you can zig when everybody zags with that one i don't know it's leaving opportunities to get michael thomas way too low like michael i I was in the latest um adp i I, at least fantasy pros has him ranked 11th now because they have 10 running back they have 10 running backs in front of him and it's just like, all right, now we're getting ridiculous on this running back thing. Because if you're in a full PPR league, you don't need uh, Saquon Barkley or Kamara or somebody to win the league. You could have two top ten wide receivers and win the league. Anthony, a league more like yours, it, it really pays off to have a very good running back one. Um, but then again, like, if you're going to do a value-based draft and just go into the season knowing that if you're smart on the waiver wire, there's always going to be opportunities, then 
it kind of leaves an advantage when people like Michael Thomas are falling to the bottom of the first, which is ridiculous. Yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely falling way too far. And same goes with other wide, like big name wide receivers like Hopkins or you know Adams or Julio Jones or Hill. Like they're, they're it's just it's getting a little a little crazy. But like again, that's it's it's I feel like it's the nature that people are worried that if they don't get one of these top 12, 13 running backs that they're going to be really hard up for getting any points out of that running back position. You know, like, it's just, it's, an, it's, a, it's a real unknown. And it, what, the only caveat to that is that Miles Sanders is the only running back that continues to drop every time I see him in a draft. No one, like, no one wants to pick, pick him where he's, his ADP is based off of, you know, because we're not doing, sadly, I can't do any live drafts, so you see it in the stupid app. Where they're where the you know they have the ADP and then that's not where I had him anyway, but he just keeps dropping and dropping. I mean, to this late second round, early third, like it was like, it's ridiculous. No one trusts Doug Peterson as a workhorse running back guy. So that's why they shouldn't. So he's um, he's the only running back that is dropping where all these other running backs are going up. I mean, like I like like Kenyon Drake. I like I think like Josh Jacobs is. You're going to have another solid year. But you, I'm definitely picking Michael Thomas over them 10 times out of 10. And maybe even DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely... Like, Michael Thomas can't go past, like, 6 or 7. Like, yeah. probably 6. Actually, not DeAndre Hopkins. Just Michael Thomas. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where this strategy is coming from, where we're going to start valuing... Um, Running backs who had a few good months, or rookies, or sophomores over the best wide receiver or two wide receivers in the league, or three or whatever. Like it just seems it's it seems a little loopy to me, and I can't remember. I remember years where running backs all weren't really high, but it's usually because like there was a bunch of really solid running backs in the league. I love Kenyon Drake. I love what he did last year, but I'm not going to say Kenyon Drake is some super, like some can't miss superstar, or that Josh Jacobs is some can't miss superstar, or anything like that. Yeah, and if you're drafting, you know, if you know, go if it's seven or eight, and Michael Thomas is there, obviously you grab him. And on the wraparound, you're pretty much most likely going to get someone like maybe like a Mixon or a Aaron Jones or. You know, you still can get your top running back. Don't pass on Michael Thomas because you think you need that one spot right there. Like, go with the best wide receiver. And the, the dude just broke the all-time receiving record, 140-something receptions. Like, not saying he's going to do that again, but to say that 120 is out of the realm of possibilities, like, come on. Like, that's that's ridiculous. That's In a full PPR, it's 120 points just from catching the fucking ball. And then you have to put all the yards in the touchdowns. And he didn't even have a lot of touchdowns last year. If that goes up, I mean, it, it it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, you have you have him. You have a guy like Hopkins who has had bad quarterbacks his entire career besides uh, besides Watson, and has always been fine. And now he goes to an air raid offense. And then you have Devonte Adams who is just going to get as many targets as he can handle. It's just whether he stays healthy for a full season and stuff. So these are like. Some pretty can't miss guys yep. that you can pick, um, and still get your top running back, and still get a yeah. top running back. 
Speaking of running backs, um, I have a guy, a riser for me. Mm-hmm. Only because in most drafts I see he's going in the third round. And to me, he's the perfect, oh shit, I punted on running back my first two rounds. Maybe I picked a wide receiver and a tight end, like Kelsey or something. Mm-hmm. I have Michael Thomas and Travis Kelsey. Or um, Julio Jones and Kittle and stuff. And, I, uh, wow, what am I going to do? Chris Carson, man. Like, if I'm looking for somebody that's like, let me just get somebody that I uh, trust as a running back two. And having a running back two as your running back one isn't the worst thing if you're strong other places. Like, to me, he's not the home run uh, pick. But if I'm weak in that position when I get to the third round, I'm aiming for him. Yeah, I mean, look, it's on a run-first offense, um, and they seem to have tons of confidence. We saw what he could do last year. I mean, he had a little bit of ball control issues, but, I mean, look, everyone has that year where they just drop the ball. So I, I really like Chris Carson in that offense, and he could definitely catch the ball as well. So I, I can't say, yeah, I can't can't disagree with that. Should we go to a position? You said there's a position that's rising. Can I go to a position I think is falling? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and not because it's a bad position, just because it's the year of the tight end. Everybody knows it. Um, I have Kelsey and Kittle falling <laughs> for me personally because I've, I've done these mocks where I pick one of the two um, and then I don't like my wide receiver one or my running back one or two and I'm up I'm in the ninth, tenth round, and I'm seeing people like Hayden Hurst and Hooper and uh, Gronk and all these, and I'm like, damn, I wouldn't mind any of those as my tight end one. Uh, did I just kind of waste a pick on one of these two guys so early in the second round? Like they're all, they're both going in the second round in mocks and ADP, and um, it's just a little too rich for my blood this year. Maybe last year, but this year I'm not sure. Yeah, that's um, so that was my thinking too. Actually, it's so much the year of the tight end that it's almost not the year of the tight end. Exactly. It's so like, much the year of the tight end you can't take a tight end. Mark Andrews in, <laughs> in round five. Like I could wait. So yeah, so yeah. I I had that opportunity yesterday as well. I was sitting there and I could have grabbed Kelsey and Kittle, and I I ended up going with Godwin instead. Because I just, I knew that I could wait on a tight end. And actually, I was waiting for Gronk, and he ended up getting taken a little bit too early. Um, you know, earlier than I would have taken him. But uh, I got Hayden Hurst in the 11th. Like, like yeah, you're saying, like, see, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's roll into the season with Hayden Hurst. I don't mind that. I mean, if he's, he, on a, it's, he's on a team that does nothing but target the tight end. Like, I, they target the tight end so much in the red. I mean, if anyone checks out our short yardage episodes, I was all about Hayden Hurst and how uh, I think he is going to be one of those, you know, possibly possibly tight end, like a tight end one, you know, in that area. Top top 10, top 12 tight end. I, I fully see him there with that offense. So, 11th round, I'll take it. For sure. Yeah, there's too many. I mean, just the the having Mark Andrews as the number three waiting in the wings is nice. And then you could always fall back on a Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram, 
or somebody like that. I mean, even Jared Cook is barely getting drafted, and he finished last year really strong. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's. I just when, for some reason when I see those top tight ends there, and I'm like, I see all the other guys around, and I'm like, I know it's not worth it for me because I can, like you said, get someone way later and just focus on really shoring up those other positions. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah. time I drafted, I kept pushing back tight ends. Like Evan Ingram got picked, maybe like round five. Like the obviously the top two got picked late two, early three. It's a two QB league, so it's very QB heavy the first couple of rounds. Oh, that's an old. Uh, that's a whole different ball game. That's like a whole other animal, man. Like two QB yeah. leagues. Yeah. So like, I mean, I waited to. I drafted Hurst in like the fifteenth round because. I saw every like I was gonna pick one in like the eighth or ninth round. I saw like every other team except one besides me already had their tight end. Oh, that so point, like, you know yeah. what? And there and there was like three good ones left that, that I would have been happy with. So like you know, I'll just keep punting it. And I got Hayden Hurst late. We're all in on Hayden Hurst this year. Yeah, I mean he's one of my risers, so I yeah. think we could even skip that. He's a. Uh... I mean, hopefully he um hopefully he produces a little bit early on and he could uh. Because he can enter that boy status. Who knows? Like, let's. Uh, you know, he's like a pre boy. Well, he's like a pre boy. I think yeah. he's a pre boy. Early boy favorite. Yeah. <laughs> what are you okay. calling him? <laughs> we should be. We just gotta be careful about pre boy. I feel like John. We're never careful about how we talk about our boys. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, what is it? Like Hooper had like eighty, like like eighty five targets or something like that. So and he missed three games last year or something like that. Yeah, he missed. I mean, that's a shit ton. That's I mean, so obviously some's going to Gurley, but that's still a big void that Hurst can can just step into. Red zone, baby, red zone. That's what I'm liking him. Yep, that's, I mean that's and that's what the Falcons need. Um, all right, uh, one of my risers is due to injury with Tyrell Williams out for the year. Henry Ruggs has been getting drafted earlier and earlier. I, I've seen and. I mean, he's the classic Raiders receiver where they're just going to air it out to him a bunch of times a game. Maybe not the best PPR receiver, but he's going to get a shit ton of deep deep catches. I mean, look, he's definitely not my favorite rookie receiver, but he's in a good situation. Um, they're gonna well, be he's a, the real perfect good Raider receiver. He's fast as shit. Yeah, I mean, look, so, like, they're gonna they're gonna keep going and keep going. He's he's, he's definitely getting drafted too early for my liking, but yeah, he's going. Really? He, yeah, he. I think he's going up. Obviously, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I just I, I've I've been seeing him get drafted before Judy and, um, and Lamb, Lamb, and Lamb. Yeah, but it, it's a, it's all situational, you know. Like and even uh, Jefferson. It, it's all situational. He he is gonna have more, I think, field time or more targets than. The other because of the lack of competition that is around him, right? Like, what's who's a, who's who's his competition? You know, like Williams was the speed guy, right? And now you have what Renfro is the other wide receiver on the team. You have Waller's, you know, tight end. Yeah. He'll, he'll he'll do his he'll do his thing. But like, there's not much in the way of competition there for targets, though. Yeah, yeah, and if they're pretty serious about putting him in the slot. Um, I mean, that kind of eliminates... I, I'm kind of dubious of that claim that they're putting him in the slot because it kind of eliminates what Renfro can do. Uh, 
Or maybe they're just doing more of like a positionless basketball football type thing where it's like <laughs> um, two slot. Like we're not going to – I don't know. I, I feel like Renfro had a lot of good moments last year where you're not just going to move on from him as in his sophomore year. I'm not saying draft Renfro. I'm just saying um, – <laughs> You heard it here first, draft Renfro. Yeah, they just have a lot of speed. and Not that Renfro speed, but they have a lot of weird – like he's shifty – uh, uh, Ruggs is speed. They don't have many prototypical wide receivers. I feel like this is like the perfect yeah. John Gruden team, right? Just what? a bunch of just a bit of randos mis- like misfit guys. Yeah, just plug and play. Yeah, I feel like this is like John Gruden's going to excel with this team somehow. I mean, I, I I don't know. I'm not seeing Renfro get drafted at all. No, he's not. I've never seen him getting drafted. He's, he's just too too far back. Like, I mean. It's the unknown unless with rugs, which is why he's their offensive drafted. line continues to improve a shit ton. Uh, it, it's going to be rough for Derek Carr. Not going to have a lot of time to pass. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough out there. But you know, look, we've seen stranger things happen. Um, Brian, you want you want to hit up a riser or a faller, or you want to go? Sure, I got a quick, I got a quick uh, faller only because um, quick because I'm not. I don't think he's going to have, have a bad year. I just don't like where he's getting drafted, what I'm seeing, and that's uh, Derrick Henry. I uh, I don't like him as a first-round guy. I'll just say it. I don't think he – I know there was one report from Tannehill a couple days ago that said Derrick Henry is catching the ball well, but it was like about as milk toast as a compliment you could give, like he's catching the ball well. Like, I don't know. I don't I, – I don't <laughs> – he's, he's getting both hands on it. At the yeah. same time, and not putting the ball on the ground. I have a hard time um, doing the running back thing in the in the first round if they aren't involved in the passing game, unless they have proven over years that they get to the twelve hundred to thirteen hundred yard mark. And last year he was amazing, and two years ago he was solid. Um, he wasn't this, but he was solid. So I'm not say, I'm saying like if you if he falls to 13, sure I'm gonna pick him, but I as a first round player I just don't like his the overall points that he might get because of his lack of uh, um, catching and if that offense takes a step back, well I don't think they will, but if they do, um, less touchdowns. So I, I want with my first my first round I went more of a floor and pass catching running backs. Um, provide that. Yeah, I uh, I see him go as high as as five. Um, he was that's, ne- that's playoff, just playoff bias. Well, yeah. Well, we look. We said. I mean, we 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 literally said he was going to be first round top, possibly top half of first round. Like we, I remember us naming running backs, like who would we draft over him, and or who people would draft over him, and and it, it basically came to fruition. Obviously, that he was going to be a like top half of the first round guy. And that's where he's going. Five six is pretty much his, uh, you know, his spot. You know, a lot of people drafting him over Thomas. I mean, I, I agree with Brian. I would rather obviously have someone like, and maybe it's crazy. Maybe maybe I'm crazy, but like Joe Mixon. Like I like what I see with him. And and it's funny because we I was hating on Joe Mixon two years ago, and but I, I just with Burrow and what he did last year with nobody, and he's got the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield like. Said it's a it's a it's a floor guy has a has, I think he has a good floor and that ability to yeah. to make something happen in the passing game that Derrick Henry 
I mean, maybe maybe that'll be something new in in this season. Um, but for now, like, I just I would rather I would go with someone like Mixon, and, and a lot of people would probably say I'm crazy for that. I like Mixon more too. Um, I like Cook more. I like, you know, I I think I like Drake and Eckler more. Um, and now I'm getting even crazier than Anthony. <laughs> oh shit! You're really just upping the ante right there. Upping the Anthony. Oh, all right, <laughs> all right. Next. Uh, we all have bad ones, John. Brian, go ahead. <laughs> what do you? We, we, did we stun you? No, I just. Oh. I, I was. I thought you guys had like a. Uh, a bit. A bit going uh, on. No, yeah. No, it's no bit. That was that was that's comedy at its finest, right there. Though. That was just a joke that just killed everything. Now I know how it feels on the other side. Right? Yeah. I See, mean, look, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, John. <laughs> now you know how. Yeah, now you know I how we feel. Crazy. <laughs> Derrick Henry's really good. This has nothing to do with Derrick Henry. Um, and I think he finishes like RB five in PPR last year. So it's not like. It's not like he's. That's exactly where he's going right now, right? He's going around fifth so obviously he can do it um my gut just says he probably doesn't get 1500 yards on the ground again i mean that's just a really hard thing to do get 1500 yards um three like 300 rushes and 1500 yards is a special season um and if he does it again uh fantasy player and good for him and i hope he does but it's it's a really tough thing to do and he had he also had 16 touchdowns um just rushing last year yeah so i mean he had as as good of a year as you can A, a ton of carries a ton of yards a ton of touchdowns um and i just think without the receiving portion of it because he's he he top, he had 206 receiving yards and that's the first time in his career he topped 200 receiving yards without that portion it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you have to you have to produce this insanely good rushing year every year well yeah i mean you know like i said 1500 rushing yards that's almost 100 a game which is unheard of now in this in this in this nfl you know, that we live in, and 16 touchdowns, like, all rushing, like, you know that's going to drop, right? Like, there's no way he's hitting 16 touchdowns on the ground again. It, it's just, I think that was his ceiling, and it's going to get a little bit lower. Like, I'm thinking, like, 13 and maybe, 1,300 t- yards and maybe, what, like, 11 touchdowns? And that's still I mean, a great still season. still a very good season. Oh, it's a great season, but I think I would rather, and but th- then again, also, I don't think he's hitting the 200 receiving yard mark. So someone like a Joe Mixon, who probably can get you like four or 500 yards in the air and like three touchdowns. I'll take that with his 1,100 yards and seven, six, six or seven touchdowns. You know, like that's, that, that's why I go with that. Yeah. I mean, the counter to our argue might, argument might be like, hey, my first round, I want him to have a high floor. And maybe I'm pretty convinced that Derrick Henry is going to, uh, wind up as like the 10th overall running back but at least i know he's not going below that um so he's my high floor first round pick so that, i guess that's the counter argument yeah 
Yeah, I see that. John, anything before I move on to my guy? Or uh, no, I mean, if people, if he gets off to a slow start and people have all these high hopes, you could probably trade for him. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, he's also he's just a classic buy low guy every year. He is. He, a, off. he definitely he chills. He chills out in the first half and goes the fuck off. You're right. He actually he's a very solid second half player, as we know in the last two years. Um, yeah, he really is. So th- you know, think about that when you're drafting. If uh, you know, don't draft him now. Reap the benefits later if he has a slow start because people might get a little nervous. And you know, he's just going to produce come you know November. Yeah, so. he loves the end of the season. All right. Uh, wait, let's see. Should I do a faller or a riser? I think I'm going to do a faller. And I'm going to go... Fall, guy. I'm going to go with a guy. So this has nothing to do with his talent because I actually like him. He's a good running back. Okay. But Devin Singletary. And what has me worried is that not only does he have Josh Allen, who loves to run the ball and loves to take away you know, those touchdowns on the ground that you know, maybe could go to Devin Singletary. Um, now you throw Zach Moss into the picture. And he's like, you know, a bruising running back that could get those goal line touches when Josh Allen isn't taking those goal line touches. So now that worries me that Devin Singletary is going to lose touches to, to Moss. He's going to lose, I guess, touches to Allen. And he only had a couple touchdowns last year anyway. So it really limits his, like, it really limits his upside to me, and it sucks because he averaged over five yards a carry last year, and he looked electric. So it just, I see him falling mainly because of Allen and Moss taking away that opportunity for him. Yeah, I haven't had him on my, on any like draft board of, not that like I'm saying I wouldn't draft him in any round, but like I haven't had him. Um, on like any guys I would target, like I always have. I, I think I split it like half and half, where like half of the league I'll target, half the league I won't. That's going in fantasy, and he's been a non-target guy. But I, I might I might be going too low on him because he was like you said he did look so good running it. I mean, yeah, like he he already dealt with Allen getting a uh, like majority of the goal line carries and a majority of the short yardage like third and one carries like he's still average like what over he definitely had over five yards of carry he had he would get uh, a bunch like a handful of catches every week so it's not like his skill set is limited he's definitely more the um like the 20 to 20 guy whereas Josh Allen and Zach Moss are going to be the goal line guys, but that wasn't his. That's not Singletary's game, anyways. I just worry. Yeah. It's, it's another. It's another like, ma- like Isn't mouth that's going to get him that. Last year, he was the twenty and twenty guy. Like exact. I'm pretty sure we use that exact terminology for him. We use that and about someone. We definitely use that about him. And I remember games last year we would have 120 yards and like 12 points. And he's like, like, oh damn! I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, and he only had twelve points. Like, he's gonna get his yardage pretty much, and those are gonna be his points. Like, he's in a tough spot. Um, he's like, yeah, a, he, I, I'd like him. I don't want to have him on my team as anything more than like an RB four. He, uh, he worries me like the way like not even that worries me, but like he like reminds me of like what like Matt Breda would do is like Matt Breda would fucking break off for seventy yards. Look. 
crazy, get like taken down like the four, and then here comes, you know, Mostert or, you know, Tevin Coleman, and then they take the touchdown, and then all that work is like negated, because like you said, 120 yards, 12 points, like, where it could have been at least 18, almost 20, you know, everyone, yeah, everyone, is a great comparison. everyone else swoops in and takes his shit, and he did all the fucking work. <laughs> yeah, that's a great comparison. And he's at Braid is another twenty to twenty guy on that team at least. Um, but like, look, I, I'm not feeling uncomfortable because my RB three or four. I I don't want to see him in my starting lineup week one though. So I don't want him as my RB two or flex, if that makes sense. Like no, I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I want to see him on my bench week one, and but, I'm fine with him being on my bench. But I don't want to see him in my starting. Yeah, it just you know cause for concern with me. That's why. But uh. Johnny, Johnny, what you got next? Um, for uh, a riser and a faller, I'm seeing Damian Harris drafted a lot more, and also like he wasn't on any. Like I'm not sure if he was on any of our preseason lists. And Sony Michelle is pretty much he's Gonzo. Dropped out. He he only got drafted in my super deep league as in the last in the 16th or 17th round. I forget. Uh, but Damian Harris was taken in like 13 or 14. So. People are definitely souring on Sony Michelle. Banged up again. Probably just a product of the Patriots' amazing offense that one year and their amazing offensive line. Look, I have a soft spot for Sony Michelle for winning me money in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that first touchdown <laughs> in that Super Bowl. <laughs> the only, the only, the only touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, but uh, That's great. it was, uh, yeah, it was a very solid bet. I love it. Um, is I, he even getting drafted though? He is not getting drafted anymore, and um, rightfully so. He had, like, two games where he scored, like, six touchdowns in total of those two games, and he had, like, three touchdowns and, like, 12 yards or some shit. It was terrible, and everyone thought, oh, he was good. I tried to sell him hard on those touchdowns. No one bit. Um, oh, well, he, he, would, he would get the, the 20 yards and two touchdowns. It was, it was awful. Every other weekend is, and, um, some people think it's like that. I don't know if I can. But, no, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty much gone. I mean, but then again, you never know with Belichick. You never know how he... Uh, how he rolls with his his players. You'll find some random running back just come in and start carrying the ball. Some, you know. Yeah. And he's going to get creative this year. And maybe that is good for Michelle. Maybe he needs this change. Uh, obviously, they liked him enough to spend a first round pick. Not that that pans out for everybody, but uh, maybe he needs this change. I don't know. Uh, do you, would you would you be a super savvy? Try to look smarter than everybody else, pick him in the last round type of guy. I would rather go with the Damian Harris move right now and try and get him a little earlier and then not worry about Michelle. I just can't I can't bring myself to draft Michelle at this point. I mean, from what I saw last year, I just can't. Look, he looked really bad. Really bad. I mean, that's perfect. He's going to be on the waiver wire anyway, so it doesn't matter. You might as well just watch one Patriot game week one and see if he even plays. Yeah, and in your crazy-ass league, you know, just... Once game, yeah, yeah. First, first one to hit that um, ad button. So fucking wild, wild west of waiver yeah, wire. Yeah, people so. love it. Um, all right, you, if we're gonna talk about end of the draft, people, I will do risers. Yeah. Um, I like a strategy of picking one or both of these guys to see just double your chances. But there's, uh, I think there's gonna be. A guy next to T.Y. Hilton that has a good year in Indy. And um, 
I want either Paris Campbell or Michael Pittman on my team. Um, liking Campbell more now because Pittman seems more of like a raw, a raw rookie. But uh, I mean, if I'm not liking any bench and I want to take a flyer on both of them and see if one of them strikes gold and then just drop the other and pick somebody up, I don't. I wouldn't say that's the worst strategy. Sometimes it's good to get creative at the end of the draft. Yeah, and it's not like someone like Philip Rivers can't support multiple wide receivers. You know, like, he yeah. has, has done it for years, and you always worry about that T.Y. Hilton injury anyway. So at some point, there's going to be a possibility that one of these two guys ends up being, you know, the, technically, the, you know, technically the number one wide receiver on that team if Hilton goes yeah. down for any, any particular, you know, span of time, so... As much as we want to say Philip Rivers had a bad year last year, which is what everybody's saying in fantasy, um, yeah, sure, he had a bad year as a quarterback and as a team, but he's going from a decent to below average offensive line to one of the best in football. And as much as he had a bad year, Mike Williams was still on fantasy teams, Keenan Allen was still on fantasy teams, Hunter Henry was still on fantasy teams, Austin Eckler was still on fantasy teams. So, like... If I got uh, Melvin Gordon was still on fantasy teams, even <laughs> Justin Jackson, if I have five, six guys on fantasy teams in one offense, then you can't convince me that he had that bad of a year fantasy wise. He's a gunslinger. I mean, it's kind of similar to Jameis uh, without all the pick sixes. Look, um, look I, I, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again on short, uh, short yards episode, I brought this up. Philip Rivers was sacked over 60 times. In the past two seasons, sixty plus times he was sacked. That shit's not happening in Indianapolis. He's gonna have more time to throw the ball, and he's gonna give him an opportunity to actually see his receivers go downfield and get it to him instead of just yeah. fucking chucking it up there because oh, there's three fucking guys coming at him because his offensive line is complete shit. So like, I I honestly think this could be Philip Rivers' best season in a few years, and that could definitely help out wide receivers like Paris Campbell. Uh, yeah, and, and, and let's not Hill. forget that two years ago he had an amazing year, one of the best years of his career. Yeah, and he hasn't thrown for anything less than four thousand something like over. He's thrown for four thousand yards seven straight years, seven straight years over four thousand yeah. yards. So just like it, it, it kind of it blows my mind a little that neither of these guys are often getting drafted in leagues. Uh, I'm seeing mock um, drafts, different leagues I'm in, all that stuff. Um, Pick up one of them. Uh, take a shot on it. I mean, I'm more a Paris Campbell guy, but uh, yeah, try try one of them out. Some one of them is going to hit. I, I can't. It's hard for me to envision a world where neither of them hits. So I I, I say take a chance on one for sure. Well, here we go because we're going to stick with it and we're sticking with the Colts, baby. Because I'm going with our brawler, our 1900s brawler, Jack Doyle. He is moving <laughs> right up, baby. Because I'm telling you, Philip Rivers is back. This guy, look, first off, uh, the man has seen 85 targets a year for the past three years that he's been healthy. So one year he was out six games, I'm not even counting it. But those three years that he was healthy, he 85 targets each year. Ebron's gone. It's, it's all his. It's all him at this moment. And we know that Phillip Rivers loves the tight end. Okay, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates, those are names you might know who have done pretty well with Philip Rivers at quarterback. So if I have a guy and I'm looking for a tight end, oh shit, you know, I didn't get Kittle, I didn't get, you know, Kelsey, those guys, 
You know, I didn't get Hunter uh, Hayden Hurst, but I really like him. Jack Doyle is going to be your man. I'm telling you, draft him in the late rounds because he is rising up like a phoenix with Philip Rivers at quarterback. Okay. Another guy who's probably not going to get drafted. So, like, if you want to pick him in the last round and listen to Anthony, you're more than welcome to. And look, I mean, he's, a phoenix. he's a phoenix. How can he not listen? Rising up. I'm telling you, week you, one, lock him you in. Know when I, you know when I pick? Um, I pick Jack Doyle if in the last round if I have a tight end that I really like. Like, if I have one of my top three to four tight ends, um, then, you know, I – I'm like, yeah, I'll pick this guy just in case his tra- trade value goes up. Or like if you if you draft Gronkowski, because you know Gronkowski is injury prone. You know, year off regardless, whatever, don't matter. He's injury prone. If you have Gronkowski, you're going to need a – I would definitely draft the second tight end. And Doyle and Hurst would be the two tight ends I would, I would target for your number two tight end. In the year of the tight end. There's so many of them. There's so many of them. You can't draft any of them. This is it. This is it, guys. I feel it. I just, I feel that this is it. I will tell you. I don't normally do DraftKings, um, like the, the lineups anymore. I just do straight sportsbook. But I think I might do week one. And if I'm doing week one, all, all tight ends. Jack Doyle is gonna be in my tight end spot because he's gonna be like two thousand dollars. He's gonna cost shit, and I guarantee you, he's gonna go off for two touchdowns. Calling it right here. Two touchdowns. Jack Doyle, week one. He's going to be the TJ Hawkinson of last year. Okay. I mean, that's really – I think you should make a prop bet on fan, at, on uh, DraftKings for that. I think I'm going to. Actually, I, I could probably do that as well. Uh, Jack Doyle, two-plus touchdowns. That would probably be like plus like 1,000. I'll take that shit any day of the week. Um, all right. I, I guess my last baller is a guy that's for some reason still – not falling, but still staying low. But <laughs> should not be staying low. And that's Devontae Parker. I got him in the seventh round last night. Well, he's he is, wait, wait, wait. he's not falling for you. He's falling in general with other people. I'm just saying, like he's still he's staying low. Okay. So he's rising on you, falling for others. Yeah. Well, just at the price he's at, like I'm just you have to pick, you have to snatch him up. But but what we're trying to say is like. You don't think he's full. Like you don't you don't think like I was gonna say, I'm just saying, like, he's not falling for me. He's just staying low, which is confusing for me because he was a top five wide receiver last year. So this is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean me us three, I feel like we're we have early boys forming. And it's him <laughs> and Hayden Hurst. Early boys. Yeah, early, early boys are, are fomenting right now. Uh ready to be Cracked open and poured. Unleashed on the world. <laughs> We're going to yeah. traffic these boys into the world. Wow, That's terrible. We're going to be drenched with these boys. That's I was going with like a <laughs> thing and you went to a trafficking thing. That, I don't know. I don't like the dark turn that took. But um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like one of us is going to have them in every league we're in together, which is two. Because, okay, sure. um, Williams was out at the end last year when he did a lot of his damage. Uh, Shores with Fitzpatrick, who just didn't give a fuck at the end of the year and was just throwing deep balls left and right. It's like pick six or touchdown. I don't care. I'm Jameis Winston now. I'm like Jameis. 
Everyone wants to be like Jameis. Everybody wants to be like Jameis. Is Jameis black Fitz or is Fitz white Jameis? That's tough. Whatever. They're very similar (laughs) quarterbacks is all I'm saying. Um, I mean, Jameis has to be black Fitz because Fitz was around first, right? Fitz was around first. But I feel like Fitz didn't, like, become full haymaker quarterback. Until he just, like, like three years ago. Because he had that really solid year with the Jets. And I think once that didn't pan out after that, he was just like, yeah, I'll just be Haymaker Fitz. Yeah. You know, he was like the backup. And then every time someone got hurt or they sucked, and he was like, yep, I'm going to come in and just fucking launch it. Yeah. But the good thing for Parker, and, you know, a lot of people are dragging him down because they're like, oh, he's not going to, he's not going to repeat. But he either has Jameis or they like to a more. I mean, he has, sorry, James. He does Fitzpatrick, or they like, or they like Tua. Tua looks very good, and then Tua comes in. So I, I don't think that's a downside thing. It's like, oh, okay, well, Tua looks good enough to play right now. Let's bring the most accurate quarterback in college history in. And I feel like we say that every year, the most accurate quarterback in college history, because the accuracy keeps going up. Because Tua broke Murray's records, who broke. Baker's records, who broke whoever, and Trevor Lawrence will probably be better than that. Who knows? But yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, I agree that he's falling and in people's dress, and I'm happy because again, he's rising in mine as well as I'm sure you guys. And I've gotten him in both the leagues that I've drafted in so far. And well, like, he doesn't even have to rise in my draft. You just gotta wait until the sixth round and snatch him up. I had to go sixth round one league, fifth round the other. But it was just, you know, based on how my draft was going. And, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with him in the fifth because of the other wide receivers I have on my team. Um, you know, he's, he's no worse than my third wide receiver. Like, he's my third wide receiver in both leagues. Like, he's not my wide receiver, too. Like, I'd love that as my wide receiver, too. Yeah. So, I couldn't be happier with him. And, like, you're right. It's, it's Fitzpatrick either launching it or if he's, you know, he starts being, you know, crappy. You bring in Tua and that's a great fit. He's Tua's go-to, go-to guy. And he's, yeah, and he's I, young. He's coming I mean, into just, his own. Just imagine Galladay falling to the six, or Cooper, or Hopkins, or Mike Evans, or any of those guys. You you want to know how what they all have in common? They all had less yards than Devontae Parker like. <laughs> there it so, is. Like, if any of those guys drop... Also... Michael Thomas had 149 receptions and 1,725 yards. Can we stop drafting him outside of the top six? (laughs) What the hell are we doing? This is – he's a top five – I don't know. I I don't know what's going on. I feel like people are taking crazy pills. In my mind, I'm picking him right after Kamara Elliott. Um, I I don't know. I don't understand it. I understand – like people think there's only a few there's like a set 15 running backs but this guy had 150 receptions in 1700 yards that's <laughs> but that's what i'm saying like that's an insane even year. even if it went down to 120 and, and 1500 yards that's still fucking ridiculous yeah he could have like a a quarter of a worse year than he did last year and still probably finish number one wide receiver. And he probably will. I mean, now he actually has a, a, a wide receiver on that team that could, you know, hold his own in Emmanuel Sanders. And, you know, 
he doesn't, he's not, like, not defenses can't just focus on him. And even when they didn't focus on him, he still fucking caught 12, 13 passes a game. It didn't matter. Yeah. Not crazy. Also, poor Keenan Allen at 1,200 yards last year and uh, is going to be stuck with either Tyrod Taylor or Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, I mean, t- uh, Tyrod's a start, but uh, we still love Keenan Allen. You're a boy. I mean, I don't want to say him as a follower. I think he's kind of. He's a little bit lower than he should be, but... Yeah, has he fallen too much in drafts that you've seen? Because I've seen him go as late as 7-8 now. Oh, like God. 7-ish. No, yeah. I, I haven't seen that far. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, just, like, I'm, we're a little bit biased, obviously. But but the talent is there, and he's going to see the targets. I mean... As long as he's healthy, he's... I love Keenan Allen. <laughs> he's a top 16 wide receiver. All right. Let me do. Uh, so I just did a riser, and we're doing fallers. I'll uh, let, me, let me move on into my my last faller, and that is um, Melvin Gordon. Um, it's uh, it's no <laughs> enough said. <laughs> it's no it's no shock that um, is he he's a faller in my category. But look, people forget that Philip Lindsay is a good running back. Um, in, the, in his first two seasons, he's averaged 5.4 yards a carry and 4.5 yards a carry. And that's not on, like, 100 rushes. Like, he put in the work to get that average per carry. Um, you know who's never done that? Well, Melvin no. Gordon had no. one... No. Well, Melvin Gordon had one year, two years ago, where he averaged 5.1 yards a carry. And besides that, he's never touched four. Every year beyond that... Before it and after, we're under four yards a carry. Lindsey's not going away. Like I understand that Gordon is a good pass catching running back. That's where he makes his, you know, his living because he can't run the ball well. Um, but Lindsey's not going away. So if you think Melvin Gordon's going to be the workhorse in that team, I think you're sorely mistaken because Lindsey is the better runner. And I hope that Lindsey gets his opportunities or gets traded to a team that you know respects the running back that he is because Melvin Gordon is not better than Philip Lindsay and I will not be drafting Melvin Gordon. So he is continuing to fall because Lindsay's the man. Also, isn't Royce Freeman still there? Yep. Yes. It's not like Royce Freeman some some terrible can't make a a, a lineup scrub like doesn't play in the NFL scrub. And that's what like I understand. He, why he they was even, a very high draft pick. Like, was, he was a top second round draft pick. Why did they even go after Melvin Gordon? Like, I never understood it to begin with because they had Freeman and Lindsey. They had a good duo. I don't understand what... John Elway is dumb as a GM. How about that? Can we just go with that? I mean, we understand that. I mean, we know why. But, like, it's just... It's, it's, it's upsetting for those two running backs because now they have to compete with a guy who's... Inferiors yeah. and then John running the ball. John made the classic GM mistake of striking gold early in his GM career with an amazing defense, and then the end of career Peyton Manning, yeah. and then he's been making dumb moves. But yeah, no, does this kind of remind you of the whole Eckler, Melvin Gordon thing, where we're like Eckler is the better running back? Trust me, people were like, no, I mean Eckler is just a flash in the pan. Melvin Gordon, it it's kind of it's you know, kind of similar. Yeah, and it's like, oh, Eckler was too small. He can't handle. Like, no, he he can hold his own. He's like a little like he's like he's like tiny, but he he's like a brick wall. So I don't, I I just don't, I don't, I don't like Gordon. And we know we know this already, but 
I had to, I had to throw it in there because I I think Philip Philip Lindsay needed to be uh, talked about uh, on this podcast because he's dropping so low for a guy who had over a thousand yards in both the see in both his first two seasons. And like I said, four point five yards a carry and five point four yards a carry in his first two seasons. That's fucking good. Like I mean, to play devil, devil's advocate, their wide receivers are also a lot better than they were his first two years. And they like their tight ends should be a lot better too. So like they have a lot more weapons than just trying to run the ball thirty times a game. Yeah, but yeah, think- that that's going to be a spread it out offense, and it's going to be hard to pick um, who to play on that. Even a guy like Sutton who looked so good last year, uh, that's an offense where it's just like maybe maybe Fant as a or font, if you want to call him that, as a late round tight end backup yeah, might be good. I don't want a Fanta. Don't you want a Fanta? Because uh, he's, but he's absurdly talented. Um, but there's, yeah, there's so many options on that offense. So I mean, it, it's like Lindsey's still going to get his some weeks. Sutton's still going to get his some weeks. Like Fant might be the most consistent because tight ends, as long as they get down to red zone, usually get a lot of looks. It just might be some dry weeks for some of your some of those guys where one guy <clears throat> one guy takes over for a game and then kind of goes around as Look, they spread the ball around. I'm not saying I trust Lindsay as a fantasy running back because I don't because of what's going on here. I'm just trying to say I think he's the best running back they have by far. Over You're not saying that you do trust Lindsay; it's that you don't trust Gordon. I don't trust the. I don't. Well, I don't trust. Well, that whole point of it was that I don't trust Gordon. I don't like him, but. Going to the whole Denver Broncos offense, like you said, there's way too much going on there. Who do you trust? Who do you play each week? Whoever knows. And is Drew Locke even a good quarterback? Like it was, a, it was a very, it was a very small sample size last year. Seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Like it's not, um, it's not enough for me to be like, oh yeah, no, Drew Locke's gonna be able to handle all of this around him. Like you know, they've given him the opportunity, they've given him the, the players, but. Is he the quarterback that can handle it? And I'm not so sure yet. So, yeah, how can you be sure? He played half a season. Like it's tough yeah. to yeah be sure on that. Um, he looked pretty good in a couple games. He looked bad in a couple games. He he could have a fine. He could be perfectly fine. But like Melvin Gordon as a third round guy, like that, you gotta get out of here with that. That's insane. The height he's getting drafted in is is a little crazy to me. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, I got one more riser. I don't know what you guys have. Um, I don't know what uh, you what you got left. Uh, go for it, bro. All right. Uh, another riser I have is actually um, a guy I haven't gotten in both leagues, and I wish I had. Um, Michael Gallup. So he's moving up. He's creeping closer to Mari Cooper, and. I fully understand why. Um, Gallup is in his, what, third season, right? He's coming into yeah. his third season. Usually the money season and to make it or break it. So here are the stats last year for Cooper and Gallup. Cooper, 79 receptions, 1,189 yards, 8 touchdowns on 119 targets. Gallup, 66 receptions, 1,107 yards, 6 touchdowns, and 113 targets. They're basically the same, yet Gallup is getting drafted two, three rounds beyond behind him. Like, 
So a guy who has all the upside coming into his third year and he's being drafted two, three rounds past Cooper, like that's nuts. Gallup's got to be, Gallup is a guy I would much rather have better value um, for the basically the same production right now. And I feel like Gallup is going to slowly pass him, Cooper, this year. I honestly think uh, Gallup's going to finish with a better season than Cooper. So I just, mm. I, I, that's, the way, that's the way I'm looking. And I think you get the better value for him two, three rounds later. Well, he doesn't get great value for him. I mean, I, I, I drafted him in a couple leagues last year just because I felt like he was going to be going to be a breakout a breakout guy. To say that he's going to surpass Cooper, that might be a little much, especially since they just paid Cooper. Um, First off, money don't mean shit. But do you did I didn't I just read you the stats? I mean, I mean, I know they also like Mike McCarthy is like not an idiot like Jason Garrett is sometimes. So like. But who I mean, knows what? Who knows what that offense is? But I, be like. I, I mean, it's the, nothing changed in, in, you know, against Michael Gallup. Everything is in his favor. To well, just, they also to added do, Jerry Judy. So no, I, no they, CD Lamb, not Jerry Judy. CD Lamb, whatever. Um, but everything is in Gallup's favor to move forward in year three. So like, you know, he's he just he's gonna get better. He's on an offense that hasn't changed with, um, with Dak I mean, Prescott. It has well, uh, well, yeah. Honestly, if anything, it's changed for the better and. And Dak Prescott's still their quarterback. So it's like he he is on his way to passing Amari Cooper as the number one wide receiver in that team. Do you know what this receiver situation reminds me of? Um, and not that they're comps for all three, but I think this is a very Green Bay Packer, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver situation where you're going to have three good fantasy football players on this season. And you're just hoping you have the Jordy Nelson. But having the Randy Co- Randall Cobb isn't bad, and then Donald Driver's still a fantasy player. Yeah, and I honestly, look, this, this team can support three wide receivers. You know, I, we, like I said, we, we all like C.D. Lamb as our best, uh, the best wide receiver coming out of the draft. Pretty sure we were consensus on that. And um, but Gallup is just that guy. I mean, legit, just matched Cooper last year, and it's the, for some reason Cooper is being again drafted two rounds earlier. I just I don't get it. I I don't see why Gallup well, is because Cooper's the name. I mean, if I mean if he got the big money, he's the name. Yeah, yeah. but it's crazy. Like, like you know why he's getting drafted earlier. But I just I don't I hate when people are like oh he got he got the money. But like when those stats are similar, very similar, like eerily similar. Like, come also, on. Also, I mean, Cooper was also hobbled for like the second, the entire second half of the season. Look, he, so, he had that foot injury. There's also no, yeah, that's very true. I mean, Cooper looked amazing the first half. If you, we could rewind our brains back to then, but that's he so also funny. always has foot injuries, so that's tough to discount. But they don't have a, a good tight end. Um, and Elliott's a pass-catching back, but not a pass-catching back. back. He's yeah. not a Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey-type guy. So I don't know. It's perfectly fine supporting two to three wide receivers on this offense that put up a ton of points last year. I'm just saying, Gallup should be drafted. Uh, I, I'm just I'm very disappointed that I didn't get him in either league. I really... Last night, I really tried to get him, and he got taken. Snatched up like one or two picks before me, something like that. I was just really disappointed. So, 
Um, definitely worth looking. What's a comp for him in where you would draft him? Uh, would you draft him ahead of Keenan Allen or? It's close. It's very close. DJ DJ Chark. What about? Oh no! The, over the the way, way over receiver. way over DJ Chark. Definitely yeah. over Chark. Yeah. 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 Over okay. DJ Chark. Yeah. Interesting. I really, I really think he's gonna take again third year. This is this is the step. This is where he. This is where he's gonna do it. I, I just see it happen. So, I'm gonna do another 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 uh, bet on DraftKings with uh with Gallup Week One as well. Go Gallup and uh, Doyle. Wish I could parlay that together. <laughs> Didn't let you do that though. That'd be a weird parlay. I think. I think DraftKings would think like you you had some inside information if you did a parlay like that. <laughs> they don't let you do parlays like that. I tried it already. It's like you can't do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. We don't want to just take your money. No, it's because the odds would be too high, and they're like, "Fuck!" It's only like, but you only have to bet five dollars to win like five hundred. It's like that's stupid. We don't want to do that. Yeah, it just it happens. All right, I have one more faller. Okay. Um, Mike Evans and. I guess I'm not first on the boat to this because I have seen him uh, go maybe four to five spots below Godwin in mocks. Not in ADP. He's only one spot below Godwin. But um, I don't know. I I think he was Jameis' guy. He was more of the deep uh, middle of the field guy and deep sidelines guy in, uh, in that offense in previous years and Godwin really gobbled up short targets and touchdowns. Uh, so I think that fits Brady's skill set a little more at this point of his career. I think Evans loses his number one, his number one boy. And, um, I don't feel all that comfortable with Evans and I know he's going to get picked in the top two rounds. Like he usually does because he always has good years. And I, I'm not willing to spend a top two round pick on him. Yeah, like I don't, I don't blame you. Look, I, to say Evans is gonna have a bad year, or is gonna is like ridiculous. He's gonna continue to produce because he's just a damn good wide receiver. And yeah, but again, I think yes. th- this is a situation where I feel like the young younger receivers up and coming gonna take and supplant him as the number one, the better receiver. Um, I had a choice yesterday between Godwin and, and Evans. They were sitting right next to each other. I went Godwin. I like the prospects of him with Brady. Again, shorter passes, could do more with it. Been um, younger. Just I, I, I like that better. I'm not saying Evans is going to have a bad year, but I just think he is falling a bit because, again, Jameis Winston and him, they were, like, tight. Like, Targets galore. He was forcing it to him all the time, and now it might change with Brady. You know, it it's it's a little different for him, and I, it's still gonna be good for him, but not as good as uh, the days where he was betting force fed the ball by Winston at any you know any chance he ha- any chance he got. Yeah, I I remember what I just for the last few games remember for the last few years remember watching games where um, I was like, ah uh, man. I have Mike Evans. He's not having that good of a game. But, like, holy shit, he has 15 targets. All right. Well, he's putting up 17 fantasy points because he's just getting the ball jammed down his throat. Yep. And I'm not sure that is just something. Um, That's not how Brady plays. 
That's going to happen. Brady's going to try to throw to the open guy, not force it to the guy just because he's the guy that, you know, you know, the best receiver on the team or, you know, they're tight. Like, Brady's going to try and get it to the open guy. And if Godwin's going to get open, he's gonna, Godwin's going to get the ball. If Evan's going to get open, Evan's going to get the ball. So, yeah. It's not okay. Cool. So if we want to just go by targets last year um, with – so Godwin played, what, two less games – no, he played the same amount of games as Evans, but you know he had, uh, he had more yards, more touchdowns. But Evans had 118 targets, and Godwin had 86. Like Godwin had over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns on 86 targets. That's pretty Wait, nuts. That's all he had. That's... Yeah, he only had 86 targets. That's, like... that's actually a crazy low amount. That, that, wow. I, I would not have guessed that at all. That's Jack Doyle numbers, and he's not even getting drafted. So what's up? Oh, <laughs> Stop with the Jack Doyle. <laughs> I, I fucked up. Actually, uh, that's a race. Boo. I had my two... Um, I had the two graphs lined up on top of each other, but my one graph was off by a point. No, he had 121. He had the same as Evans. Uh, he had the same as Evans. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that, about that, that. That makes a bit more sense. I put the Godwin receptions under the Evans targets. They had the same targets. I take that back. I can cut this They're all out if you wanted to. <laughs> no, 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 You got me all you got to leave all this. Right. You, you could have me being stupid. That's my graph graph making stupidity there. It all happens. Look, either way. Look, it don't matter, though. And again, it's Brady over when Brady's going to give it to the guy who's open. And I think Godwin's going to get more open in shorter distances. And I think that's going to really play well to the skill set of Brady right now. Yeah. Right? I like, mean, can Brady's arm even reach? The deep balls that Evan thrives on. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even want to. I don't even, even want to. Uh, I don't want to commit to that like statement to just. Rep- I don't want to respond to that. Why? Because Breeze's arm is also going to die by the week ninth. Look, look. I don't even want to talk about that either. Okay. Well, uh, you got you got James there, so James is going to and James with LASIK, so. Bro, James. Can, can take- an arm catch? Um, COVID. Mono, like that's <laughs> the one thing that's helping them out. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. is an is an arm can't get any uh, STDs or you know. Well, I mean, depends. No, okay. it's mo- mono. Mono's <laughs> like mono is uh, like the middle school of STDs. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's called the kissing disease, right? Or something like that? Yeah. Come on, man. Your boy gets that. Never got it. Terrible. Terrible. Didn't happen. Never got that. Never got chicken pox. (laughs) Never had a motto. Never had a chicken pox. Anyway. um, Never had a fish. Never had an egg. Is that what you're doing, John? Yeah, that's what I said. I love that drop, and nobody ever knows what we're talking about. (laughs) It's so, because it's so random. (laughs) <laughs> no. All right. I feel like I feel like we're good for tonight. Oh yeah, we went uh went pretty long, longer than I expected with this uh this episode. But uh, it all it we got all... nine days to football. Single. Oh digit my god. Days, single digit days, which is crazy because it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel real because there's been no hype. There's right? no hype, none. At least none that I've seen. Maybe I haven't watched enough live television. I don't know. Are they doing commercials yet? 
with like getting you all hyped up because I haven't really watched live television, so maybe I'm missing. Yeah, it. I don't know. I will be hyped regardless. Oh, I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped. Not only just for football in general, just for like the gambling of, of football as well. Which, by the way, we'll be doing some uh, weekly short yardage episodes on betting and what we're going to be betting on and how uh, maybe, you know, if you want to be betting on it as well. See, we'll uh, get a little di- different demographic of, uh, you know, gamblers in this uh, in this. I mean, I feel like we talk, you guys talk about gambling a decent amount. Anyways. Yeah, but now we're going to really focus on it for like, you know, five minutes, six, you know, five to ten minutes, you know, yeah, weekly. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, and not, nothing too long, but you know we gotta let you know what's uh what's going on. Last year was a very profitable year for me, actually, in, in football. So I'm I'm uh I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I've I, I'm gonna um, warn the audience right now. I've had much more success uh, gambling on basketball. I never and, cr- and Korean baseball, but mostly basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I specialize. So it's an NBA and the KBO. Outside of NFL, I don't do so well. Um, so I, well, horse racing is okay too, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, I uh, I'm excited to get in, involved with football in uh, like I said, nine days, nine days. Is it nine days or is it eight days? What are we at here? Isn't the tenth? What? Well, I just figure you're not going to put this out until yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's Thursday. Cool. It's next Thursday. So it's less. Oh, my God. Oh, it's like a week away. We're like a week away from football. All right. Oh well, aren't are you glad I said nine days, and that's actually seven days, so it's a lot closer than you thought it was going to be? Yes. Nice. I'm yeah, very that's excited. right there. Very excited. By the way, strong widow's peak today. Um, I know no one else can see it, but very Eddie Munster-esque. Oh, yeah. Rolling it with, it, the, it's always- with that. Well, I know, but now oh, you have the, the hair slicked back. Should, you know? we do our last, should we do our last uh, confidence percentage? On the NFL, uh, oh. yeah, go for it. What's, what's your confidence level? Ninety-three percent that the NFL finishes. Oh, finishes. Yeah, that we have an NFL season. Finishes. All right, I'll go. I'll go eighty-five percent. I'm gonna split the difference and go eighty-nine percent. Uh, all right, we're all pretty high. That it finishes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I have so many doubters, people talking, saying, like, oh, it's not going to happen, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you obviously haven't been paying attention. You just think you know what you're talking about. But things have been going really well right now, knock on wood. So I'm I'm fairly confident that as long as no one's really stupid or gets really stupid, that we could have this uh, season in uh, – you know, by the time next year rolls around, maybe you don't have to worry about it. We'll be all back to normal. Yeah, you know what? Um, you know what makes me confident? Maybe this is bad, but I was pr- I'm pretty sure in the um, coronavirus rules that they agreed on with the NFLPA, it was that if they pass a certain threshold after the first week of uh, like positive test percentage, then they test less. And if they pass again, they test less. And if they pass again, they test less. So look, um, the less you test, the less coronavirus you have. So if they have a good first few couple of weeks, then they're in the clear. Cause, uh, well, I think it's test less until someone actually starts, like, you know, really showing signs of it. Then they test that fucker, and then everyone else around them is fucked. So I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if that's really but, a... But, but what are the chances that happens? Because... All of the MLB stuff was nobody was there was that one pitcher that showed signs and then he was used as like the precautionary tale of like oh this can happen to you too 
Uh, but nobody showed signs in baseball. They just were a little sick, and they test so much that they shut everything down. If they didn't test a lot in the NFL, I, I doubt you would even know anything more than any normal year of people being sick. Unless the big, li- I don't know, maybe the big linemen are more susceptible. Who knows? I don't think the big linemen are probably more susceptible. Well, I'm feeling confident. It can't, so. it, it can't be good to have like three hundred, like be three twenty-five and just like I don't know. I mean, look, I, I'm confident. I have, I have a very strong confidence level. So, um, but with that, we um, you know follow us at fantasy underscore lens. On Twitter, we uh, that's where we will uh, be answering all your fantasy football questions throughout the NFL season. Um, we also have a new short uh, uh, podcast, uh, probably weekly, um, maybe, even, maybe even twice a week, uh, that I've mentioned a bunch of times on here called Short Yards, like five to ten minute episodes. Um, you can also find us at Fantasy Lens Podcast at Gmail. You can email us there. Our podcast is available on iTunes. Google Podcast, Stitcher, and now Spotify. So you can get us pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So with that, we are Fantasy Lens, and we will see you next week.